As I always do, I want to remind our little ones up to grade two that they can head to Children's Church. It looks like most of them are already out the door. I see them heading that way. For the rest of us, let's turn in our Bibles to James chapter one as we continue in our study of the book of James. And we're going to be picking up in verse 19 and reading through to verse 21. And if you're able, please stand for the reading of God's word. In James chapter 1, starting in verse 19, we read these words. It says, This you know, my beloved brethren, but everybody must be quick to hear, slow to speak, and slow to anger. For the anger of man does not achieve the righteousness of God. Therefore, putting aside all filthiness and all that remains of wickedness, in humility receive the word implanted which is able to save your souls. Please be seated. I was informed that after the breakfast that my message better either be very energetic or very short. And so we will see if I manage to pull off either of those this morning. But I want to do a little interaction with you today. I want you to fill in the blank for me for just a second. And I want you to think about the first thing that comes to mind when I say these words. I'm not mad. I'm just. Okay, I heard I heard <laughs> Megan's like yelling it. She's like, this is my favorite saying. Um, but we have all these different things that we say. And probably all of you had something I heard. I'm not dis I'm not mad. I'm just disappointed. And that's really kind of one of the things that we say with that, right? The first thing we like to do with that type of sentence, I'm not mad, I'm just something, is we kind of like to cover up our anger, right? We like to say things, I'm not mad, I'm just disappointed. I'm not mad, I'm just irritated. I'm not mad, I'm just frustrated. I'm not mad, I'm just annoyed. Love you. But... <laughs> the truth, see, it's already going bad for me today. I can already tell. Uh, but the truth of the matter is when you say, I'm not mad, I'm just in one of those words, what you're actually saying is, I am mad. And you, we can cover it up in all sorts of different words. And some of us have to kind of learn that language and all that type of stuff. But when we say that, what we're saying is, I am mad. Others of you, I have no doubt, went the opposite direction. You said, I'm not mad, I'm furious. Or I am seething. I am not mad. This reminds me of my sister. I am not mad, I am livid. And when I heard that, I knew I'd taken it too far. This is intended to be intention grabbing. When we're saying that, we want people to kind of go, uh-oh. I'm not mad. I am livid. We want people to know how angry we are. And often tied to that, often tied to that, we are saying, I am mad. In fact, I am livid and I am justified in my anger. We want people to know that that was the last straw. Odds are every single person in this room has probably communicated their anger in both of these ways. Sometimes we're angry and we try to cover it up. Sometimes we're angry and we try to give it new words and things to make it seem like like we're not. But other times we are so angry that we want it to be well communicated, even promoted. The truth is, is that everyone in the room gets angry from time to time. Amen. 
No one in this room has gone their entire life never angry at anything. You may change the word. You may try to justify it. You may try to rationalize it. But every single person in this room has got angry at some point. And guys, there's nothing wrong with that. That's part of living in a fallen world. When we live in a fallen world, when we live in a world that has been corrupted by sin, there's going to be times in our lives where we recognize that and it makes us angry. In fact, anger can be a good thing. Paul himself said, be angry, yet do not sin and do not let the sun go down on your anger. This is Ephesians chapter 4, verse 26. So we have to ask the question, well, how do I do that? And how do I take what Paul is saying, which says, be angry, but in your anger, do not sin. And then jive that with what James is saying right now, which is be slow to anger because the anger of man does not achieve the righteousness of God. How do we have anger, acknowledge our anger, but also process our anger, deal with our anger in such a way that glorifies God and protects our witness? I believe that our passage today is teaching that very thing. While Paul may have said, be angry, be angry, but in your anger, do not sin. James is saying this is the instructions on how you do that very thing. And I think he does it most thoroughly through just verse 19. So we're going to really unpack verse 19 today. Now, verse 19 begins with this statement. It says, let us be quick to listen. Now, as I was studying up for this one, an interesting fact about that word quick, that word quick is really an adverb in the Bible. Almost always the word quick is is attached to some sort of verb to kind of say, do this action, but do this action in this way. An example we might find is Matthew 28, 7, uh, 28, 7, where it says, go quickly and tell the disciples that he has risen from the dead. See, the quickly there is attached to go, go quickly. And really, this verse is no exception, except for it is it is not a word that we often uh, attach to action. See, we, we get go quickly, do, you know, run quickly and do this, fetch this quickly. All of these these things that imply good action and movement and all that stuff quickly makes sense with those. But in our passage, the action is very different because the thing that we are supposed to be quick to do is listen. Let us be quick to listen. Now, for most of us, if we're really honest with ourselves, we often think we should be quick to respond. Quick to retaliation, quick to defend yourself. But James is calling us to be quick to listen. This means as a follower of Jesus, we should be eager to listen, to receive, to comprehend what someone is saying and why they are saying it, and to ultimately understand why they are doing and saying what they are doing. We might say, okay, so that's, that's automatically, that's going against our nature, by the way. For all of us, that's going against our nature. When when things happen, when there's conflict, when we are, are are feeling angry, when we're in the midst of a disagreement, it is hard for us to say, whoa, 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 I need to stop and I need to listen to what is going on. I don't need to worry about myself. 
I don't need to worry about about my ego. I don't need to worry about making sure that I get heard, but I need to make sure that I am hearing what they say. Well, why might we be this way? Why might the Bible be calling us to do this? The first reason that I already kind of mentioned is that we need to be able to understand the people in whom we have a with whom we've got a conflict. If you are at odds with somebody, you are not going to resolve that if you are not listening. Has anybody here ever been in a conflict with somebody and you could tell they were not listening to a word you said? I have. Some of you are looking at me right now and said, that's you. I get it. It happens all the time. And isn't that, it's a frustrating thing, right? It is so frustrating when you are in conflict with somebody, when you're fighting with somebody, and you realize they are not listening to a word that you are saying. In fact, often what do we do when we realize people aren't listening to us? Stop talking. And often when we stop talking, then the conflict goes into a whole other realm that is not that is not good nor healthy. But we have to be quick to listen. We have to be quick to listen so that we can understand. Proverbs 4.1 says this, Hear, O sons, the instruction of a father, and give attention that you might gain understanding. The very basis of the Proverbs was Solomon telling his children, Listen to me. Listen so that you will understand what I'm trying to teach you. So often when we uh, go through life and even when we in the church are, are in disagreements or we are struggling, we have to stop and say, listen, say, I need to listen to what this person is saying so that I can understand why they're upset. And so often it has very little to do with maybe the thing that's right on the surface, but we don't take the time to listen and to hear what their heart is saying. This type of stuff happens all the time. And more often than not, conflict persists within the body of Christ or with, within two people because neither one of them will stop to listen. Beyond even the importance of listening to understand, we also need to listen to gain wisdom. That's part of this whole proverb idea. The book of Proverbs is absolutely loaded with commands that say words like listen, hear, give attention to, incline your ear over and over and over again. Proverbs 15 verse 31 and 32 says this, he whose ear listens to the life giving reproof will dwell among the wise, but he who rejects discipline despises himself and he who listens to reproof acquires understanding. Biblical wisdom, understanding who God is and, and, and why God is who he is and how we are supposed to be in light of who God is, requires us to have a listening ear. We've got to listen. And notice what the, the passage specifically talks about here is we have to listen to reproof. We have to be willing to hear when someone might have an issue against us. And I'm going to tell you right now, that's hard to do. It is hard when someone comes up to you and says, hey, I got an axe to grind with you. Or, hey, I've got a problem. Or, hey, you did something and it really hurt my feelings and I want to talk about it. It is hard to stop and say, I need to be open to the reality that what this person's saying is true. That is hard to do. 
It is hard to do among peers. It is hard to do in, in this context. It's hard to do at work. It's hard to do everywhere. But if we will take the time, if we are eager to listen, if we are quick to listen to people and be open to the idea that I might actually benefit from their instruction, or in this case, from their reproof, then wisdom comes with that. And sure, there's going to be times where they tell us things and and we kind of go, thanks for telling me that, but that's not really... I think you kind of missed the point. And maybe we end up talking back, but we are quick to listen first. Because when we listen, we gain wisdom. And with listening, while we gain understanding and wisdom, ultimately, when we are quick to listen, we, it leads us to a blessed life. Proverbs chapter 8, verse 32 says this, Now therefore, O sons, listen to me, for blessed are they who keep my ways. Heed instructions and be wise. Do not neglect it. See, when we're quick to listen, when we are eager to hear what's going on and not be, not eager to, to speak ourselves and not eager to, to, to get our own way or to make sure that we're getting heard, but we are eager to listen and understand people and gain wisdom from what's going on, ultimately what that leads us to is a blessed life. Because the people that that we interact with are going to come to a place where they say, I really like that person. Because they can take instruction. They're teachable. Or they help. Or you know what? When I'm going through stuff, I know that I can talk to them and that they're going to listen to me and that they're going to respond with wise counsel. I mean, who doesn't want to be that person, right? Do you want to be the person that people come to and say, hey, I'm really struggling with something and I need your help. Will you listen to what's going on in my life? And you can say, yes, I would be happy to do that and listen and then be able to kind of counsel them and guide them. Or do you want to be the person that immediately goes, well, what you need to do is and they immediately turn you off and roll their eyes. Let's be honest. We all know both of those people, don't we? You probably know somebody That when you have a problem, when you have a struggle, you can go to and say, hey, man, I'm struggling. Can we talk? And you know they're going to listen to you and they're going to they're going to understand you and they're going to respond with wisdom. But you probably also know someone that you don't want to talk to because the first thing they're going to do is they're going to immediately interrupt you, tell you what you, quote unquote, need to do. And it's going to be terrible advice and you're going to it's going to be a giant waste of time. Right. Amen. Yeah. And so, brothers and sisters, let us be quick to listen. And this statement to be quick to listen immediately rides the coattail to the next thing, which is let us be slow to speak. It's almost the, it, one of the things that's, that's so clear is, is quick to listen and slow to speak have to come together. That they always seem to be tied together because the reality is If you are talking, you are not listening. If you are so eager to talk and you are so eager to hear your own voice and you are so eager to interrupt and be the one with the microphone. And yes, I know I'm the one up here with the microphone. That you never listen to people. Then you will automatically miss out on both of these two, the first two points. Now, this has to come with us and ask the question, why is it so hard? You ever think about that? Why is it? Did you ever like have that moment when you think to yourself, I should have kept my mouth shut? 
that's like a lifestyle for me. Ask my wife. And it's a hard thing to do because so often it is in our inclination to immediately want to be talking. I don't know if it's a control thing. I don't know if it is an insecurity thing. I don't know what it is, but we we constantly want to be talking and not listening. And yet that's what the Bible calls us to do. Be quick to listen and slow to speak, not quick to speak and slow to listen. Whatever it might be, it obviously points to the reality that we need a change. And we need to be conscious about that change. And we need to be thinking about intentionally being quick to listen and slow to speak. The Bible is consistent about this. And the Lord constantly calls us to give us special consideration for our words. Now, the book of James says a great deal about this and about what the the tongue is and how powerful words are. But we will let him speak about that in due time. Proverbs 10, 19, we're going to spend a lot of time in the Proverbs today, says this. When there are many words, transgression is unavoidable, but he who restrains his lips is wise. Now, that is one heck of a proverb. When we are quick to speak, sin is unavoidable. That's a crazy thing to say. When we are quick to speak, when we when we just constantly are trying to talk ourselves out of this or out of that or are or, or constantly letting our mouth just run, the fat sin becomes almost unavoidable. So the more that we talk, argue, defend, rationalize, whatever it may be, the more likely it is that we are sinning against God and harming our witness to the lost. Proverbs goes on to say that there is there is one who speaks rashly like the thrusts of a sword, but the tongue of the wise brings healing. The Bible, I think this is interesting. This is Proverbs twelve eighteen. The Bible acknowledges that words hurt. And he likens our words, especially the words that we speak rashly, the words that we speak in haste or angrily, they liken them to the thrust of a sword, a stabbing thing to the people that we are talking to. When we are quick to speak, we will often do damage to the people we are talking to. Not giving careful consideration about how they feel, what they might be going through, what they might be going through that that we have no knowledge of. And so rash words, often rash words spoken in anger can be damaging and hurtful. So let's recap for a second. God is telling us to be quick and eager to listen while being slow to speak and respond. Because if we refuse to listen, we remain ignorant and foolish. And our quick response can often do more harm than good and lead us down the path to sin. Now, I don't know about you, but suddenly this verse has a lot of weight to it. And something that we need to really, really consider. See, in this one simple verse in the book of James, let us be quick to listen, slow to speak and slow to become angry. We realize that if we ignore this, if we do our own thing, that we are going to suffer because of it. And we are going to suffer in our witness. We are going to suffer in our relationships. We are going to suffer in our walk with Christ. We are going to we are going to be an impediment to the furthering of the gospel and the spread of the kingdom of God and not and not something that helps it. So we need to carefully consider what is going on here.
On top of that, I think if we're really honest with ourselves, we see this in our world today, don't we? I think it's fair to say that we live in a world and we live in a culture where we are more often than not quick to speak and slow to listen. And the very nature of that, that part of our culture, and whether you can say it's because of social media or you know, whatever it might be that, that you might say, well, that's why we're this way. The reality is, is our world is not better off because people are quick to speak and slow to listen. And brothers and sisters, we as the church should be different. And I think that if we took this verse, just this first part of this verse, and we were quick to listen and slow to speak, we would be so different than the world in which we live that people would want to know why. This leads us to the last part of this command and also the only part of the command that he really begins to expound upon, and that is slow to become anger. Excuse me, slow to be angry or slow to anger. Listen, there are many times in life when people sin against us and we get angry. We're supposed to get angry when this stuff happens. That is normal. That is a normal, healthy and regular response to when injustice has been committed against us. I want you to realize that this is that when we say slow to anger. Part of that is recognizing the fact that anger is not inherently bad. Because there are times when sinful people sin against us and our natural, normal, proper response to that sin is to be angry. It's a good thing. That's not bad. Anger, what we talk about in this idea of being slow to anger, it is not about hiding our anger, redefining our anger, or worse, burying our anger and emotions so that no one knows that we have them. I think all of us here probably know what happens when we keep pushing down the anger and pushing down the emotions and pushing down the frustrations that eventually we push it down so much that, boom, we explode. And often we explode against the person we probably love the most, that we think is the least likely to walk out the door on us. And more often than not, it's against a person that really should not be getting the brunt of that anger. But when we talk about anger and we talk about the situations of anger, we have to understand that God is trying to do something even in the midst of our anger. And he is teaching us something through that, all of that. Let me look at that. Let me read a couple passages again from the Proverbs. It says this Proverbs 14, 29. He who is slow to anger has great understanding, but he who is quick tempered exacts, exalts folly. So right off the bat, we see this idea that, that it's, it's an idea of being quick to do it, being quick to temper, to be the immediate response to whatever injustice you have is anger. It's explosion. It's the hurtful words. It's going right after the person. I call this a lot of times in marriage counseling is going for the jugular. You would be amazed at how many couples come into marriage counseling. And when there is conflict, they immediately go for the most hurtful thing they could possibly say to their spouse. It is astounding to me. It is just like this knee-jerk reaction where if one thing goes that goes wrong, they say, well, you, whatever, you act just like your mother. I can say that because that's a compliment to my wife. She loves her mom and I love her mom. She's great. And it's just like, kaboom, like they go nuclear immediately. And that is exactly what the Bible tells us not to do. 
It is not about going straight for the jugular. It's not about going straight for the person. It is about rather being slow to anger, eager to listen and to, to understand. To making sure, recognizing anger for what it is, recognizing, hey, I'm angry right now. I think something about this situation is upsetting me. I need to recognize what that is and respond appropriately. Not, I'm mad and you're going to get it. Proverbs 29.11 says this, A fool gives full vent to his anger, but a wise man holds it back. See, again, I think it's part of our sinful fallen nature that when we get mad, we just want to take all that anger and we just want to direct it towards someone else and just give them all of it. And the Bible says the person who does that is a fool. Someone who does not know God, someone who does not fear God, and some that does not, someone who does not want to walk with God. But rather, when we are angry, we hold for a moment so that we can process it, so that we can understand it, so that we can respond in a way that brings about reconciliation and healing, not a burn this to the ground type of mentality. So how do we become quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to anger? Verse 21, I think, speaks to this very well when he says, Therefore, putting aside all filthiness and all that remains of wickedness, in humility receive the word implanted, which is able to, so, to save your soul. So the reality is, is even when we as children of God um, respond in anger and do the opposite of what this is calling us to do, when we are actually quick to anger, quick to respond, slow to listen, and all those things, all of that for the child of God is the remnants of sin in our life. It is our flesh still getting to take control some of the time, even though we have handed ourselves over to Jesus. And so the, the solution to this is to continue down the process of giving your life to Christ. We are called as followers of Jesus to put aside our old self and to put on a new self that we have from Christ. Ephesians chapter 4 speaks well of this when Paul says that in reference to your former manner of life, that you lay aside the old self, which is being corrupted in accordance with the lust of deceit, and that you be renewed in the spirit of your mind. And put on the new self, which is in the likeness of God and has been created in righteousness and holiness of the truth. We have to go to God and continue to say to God, God, take this from me. Take my sin. Take my sinful ways, my sinful thoughts, my, my, my sinful responses. And God, God, take those away and give, make me more like you. Make me see the world the way you see it. Make me love the world the way you love it. Make me have a desire for my friends and my family that is your desire for them. Along with this, he says, receive in humility, receive the word implanted. We have to humbly come before God and say, I need you and I need you to give me wisdom. I need you to teach me. And what we see is I need you to make this, your word, the word of God, part of me. So that it is written on my heart. So that I, I know it to such a point that it, is, that it is what I do. And so it even gets to the point where we have our emotions in check because God has such a hold of our lives. 
that the Holy Spirit is doing all of that in us and through this. And this means ultimately that this command to be quick to listen, to be slow to speak, and to be slow to anger is intimately tied up with the gospel. And if we think about it, it's not a big stretch. So let's think about this. Let's put up our gospel um, circles here for just a moment. When we think about the gospel, we begin with the idea that God has a design. Okay? That's where we start. And that God has made everything with a purpose, on purpose, and, and God has a plan for everything. Well, right off the bat, if we're quick to listen, if we're quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry, we're going to be able to listen to what God is calling us to do. Listening to what God is calling us to do. And we're going to say, okay, if God has a design, that means I need to probably listen to what God's saying. And I'm going to be quick to listen to what God is saying. But we also know that even though God has a design, that we've departed from that design, that we have left God's design to find our own way, and that's called sin. And we live in a sinful world, and all of us have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, which means as we look around the room and as we look at any other human being in the face, they are a sinner just like me. And so just like I sometimes act selfishly and sometimes I act a fool and sometimes I'm inconsiderate and sometimes I am in blustery and confrontational and all those things, when they are doing that back to me, I need to be able to recognize they're no different than me and I'm no different than them. And we know that sin takes us to that place of brokenness and that's where we live, people. We live in a broken, fallen world. And because we live in a broken, fallen world, we have conflict. And so often when we have conflict between two people, it is not necessarily because I hate this person and this person hates me, but it's because we live in a broken, fallen world. And something in that broken, fallen world is leading us to that conflict. And I want to encourage you on that. That, that should move you not to anger and hostility, not to be quick to anger and quick to respond, but to it really should bring on compassion. This is another sinful, fallen person like me trying to navigate a sinful, fallen world. And I just so happen to be caught in their crosshairs. And just like other people have been caught in my crosshairs as well. And they are struggling and they need someone to love them and to help them. See, we're all broken people. And we're broken people living in a broken world. And if we begin to recognize that even when the people that we're having a problem with are broken people living in a broken world, then we're gonna, that's going to stir up compassion in our hearts and a desire to hear what's going on, to listen, to be slow to speak, and then especially to be slow to anger. Because I just really, truly feel like you can't ha be having compassion on someone and also be angry at them. And when we begin to recognize that need in people's lives, that they are broken people who desire to be whole, then we can bring the gospel into the conversation. And if you've been here before, you know that the gospel is that, that God loved the world so much that He gave His only begotten Son, that God put on flesh and He lived a perfect life, and he died on the cross for our sins and he rose from the grave three days later. And he did all of that so that he could deliver the world from its brokenness. And so when we are dealing with broken people in a broken world, instead of coming back at them with more brokenness, we can come to them with the good news of the gospel. 
that you don't have to stay broken. But if that you will repent and believe on the Lord Jesus Christ that you can be saved. We can tell people that what the Bible says, that if you confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord and and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, that you will be saved. Again, verse 21 says this, that through that we'll be able to put aside all filthiness and all that remains of wickedness. And we'll be able to receive the word implanted, which is able to save your souls. We call that being able to recover and pursue God's design for your life. See, when we are in conflict, when we are dealing with our anger and we are, are, are maybe finding ourselves stuck in, in the, the, the crosshairs of someone else's anger, we can stop and recognize that they need this. And really to a degree, even if we're a believer, that we need this. And we need to stop trying to play in this broken world and we need to put ourselves in Christ's hands and say, listen, Jesus... I'm really angry right now. Now I could tell you, Lord, that I'm frustrated and I could tell you, Lord, that I'm annoyed and I could tell you, Lord, that I'm disappointed. But here's the truth. Of the matter is, Lord, I am angry right now. And I am angry with this person. And I don't want to hold on to that anger. And I want to see this situation the way you want me to see it. And I want to desire for this relationship or for this situation what you want to want from this situation and what you want for this person. And God, I need you to, to, to remove the, the, the wickedness and remove the things in my life that make me angry at this person. And God, I need you to give me the things that will make me respond with compassion and love instead. See, that's tied up in much of the gospel that it is actually making Jesus Christ your Lord and Savior. But I have a question for you today. How are you doing on this verse? Would you say that you're quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to anger? Or do you recognize that from time to time, you're the opposite of all those things? That from time to time, you're actually quick to anger. That you're very quick to speak and that you don't listen maybe at all. We want to invite you today to take that to Jesus. Because I really truly believe that it's Jesus that's going to transform that in your life. For some of you, that may mean doing it for the very first time is recognizing that you have been stuck and you have been planted in that brokenness for a long, long time. And you're trying to do all the things to, to cover up that brokenness. And you even use your anger to cover that up. But listen, that's not going to fix it. And if you truly want to to experience the freedom that comes with being quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to anger, then you need to surrender your life to Christ. You need to recognize that His way is better than our way and that the things in your life that are are making you quick to anger and quick to to speaking and slow to listen is the wickedness and filthiness of sin in your life and you need to give that to Jesus. And you need to trust in Him and you need to live, make him the Lord of your life. For some of us, we've already done that, and yet we're still struggling. And we still find ourselves camped out in that brokenness, angry and bitter. And guys, you need to take that to the Lord too. And you need to go to Jesus and you say, Jesus, I'm not seeing the world the way you want me to see it. And I'm not living the way you've called me to live. And I'm not, I'm not seeking restoration and, and, and compassion the way that you've called me to do it. And God, I need to hand these things to you. And God, I need you to make me new. Now, we're about to close out our time together.
And Joe's going to come up and we're going to sing one more song together. And if you're here today and you find yourself in that place of anger and you're ready to give your life to Jesus and surrender your life to him, maybe for the very first time, then I'm going to be standing right here and I want to talk to you. Now, you don't have to talk to me. You can talk with the person who brought you. But I want to talk to you. And I'm inviting you to talk to me. If you're here today and maybe you've made Jesus Christ the Lord of your life, but, but you still find yourself stuck in that anger and in that cycle of anger and still forsaking that commandment and you just need to have a conversation with God, you are welcome to have that conversation with God right in your seat where you are right now. But if the Lord is moving you to come up to these steps and to lift these things up to God, then we want to invite you to do that as well. However God is speaking to you today, we want to invite you to respond. Let's pray together. Our gracious God and King, we thank you so much for your word. God, we know that that these are often tough topics because we have to look at ourselves and look at ourselves rightly. God, we have to recognize that sometimes the conflict in our lives are because of our own anger, because of our own wickedness, and because of our own filthiness. And God, because of that, we come before you now, Lord, and we pray that you would help us see ourselves clearly. Lord, I pray that you would help us to see how we violate this command that we have in the book of James. And Lord, I pray that we would come before you and we would just cry out to you. Lord, for some, that means crying out to you the very first time. To making you Lord of their lives and to to hand themselves over to you completely. For others in this room, God, I know that that means us recognizing that there's a part of our life that we have not given to you. We've said we have, but we haven't. And because of that, anger and bitterness has been allowed to take hold. And Lord, we pr- I pray with all my heart that you would shine light into these dark places. And God, that you would give us a willingness to surrender ourselves even more fully to you. And God, in doing so that we might be set free from the anger or set free from whatever it may be that keeps us from being obedient to this command. Lord, that we would recognize that the anger of man does not achieve the righteousness of God. And Lord, we would fall before you so that you could make us new. Lord, we ask these things in Jesus' precious name. Amen.